This week on Empowering Midlife Wellness, I'm talking about why estrogen matters and how you can take estrogen after menopause without increasing your risk of breast cancer and allowing you to live a healthier, longer, happier life. Hi, ladies, and welcome back to Empowering Midlife Wellness. And today I'm going to dig into a lot more about estrogen and why it's so important for us to take, why it's so good for us, and why we all got the idea that it was dangerous. It's really a kind of fascinating story. You know, every day patients come into my office and they are still convinced that estrogen is dangerous. Estrogen causes breast cancer, blood clot, heart disease, stroke, but actually none of those things are true. They're just factually not true, and all of them have been proven in multiple, almost countless studies over the past 50 or more years to prove that estrogen does not cause breast cancer, blood clot, heart disease, or stroke, if administered in the correct way, and actually causes us to live an average of three years longer, prevents some really important diseases, including osteoporosis, Alzheimer's disease, colon cancer, heart disease, really, really important things. So we're going to go over all of that and hopefully put some of those questions to rest because it's just amazing to me that most of the world still believes this nonsense and it really is nonsense. I was trained in a traditional medical school, one of the top 10 in the United States at the time. I practice evidence-based medicine. Everything I'm going to tell you is based on scientific evidence. And so the good news is you can actually have your cake and eat it too. You can take estrogen after menopause and feel great, not put yourself at risk of all those scary, awful things, and actually reduce your risk of some even scarier, more awful things and extend your life. So I'm actually sitting here with one of my favorite books called Estrogen Matters. This is just such a good book. It really should be required reading for every physician, for sure. Certainly anyone who prescribes hormones and really for any women who are interested in estrogen as well. You know, it was published a few years ago and um, it's, it's still a brilliant book. It goes over all of the science, so I could just read it to you verbatim, but I'll tell you about some of the high points. But I really do recommend taking a read if you still have questions in your mind about the safety of estrogen or whether or not you should take it after menopause. So Let's break it down into a few little pieces. And for reasons that are not necessarily scientifically make sense, the one thing most women are scared of is breast cancer. Now, breast cancer is a big deal. Over our lifetime in the United States, one in eight women will get breast cancer. But the good news is that now more than 95% of early stage breast cancers are completely curable. So the death rate from cancer is not nearly as high as you might think of breast cancer. A lot of other things are more likely to happen to us. For example, we're seven times more likely to die from heart disease. But we don't think about that so much as women. And ovarian cancer, only one in 200 of us will die from, but it's a very scary disease. So not to make light of any of those things, but I think we need to put those things in perspective. In fact, death from osteoporosis-related illnesses, so about 25% of women die within the first year after they have a hip fracture if they're over 70. The death rate from osteoporosis-related 
injuries is about the same as the death rate from breast cancer, yet we don't care about that so much for some reason because it's not so close to our hearts. So kudos to the breast cancer community for making breast cancer such a big thing that we all know about. And that's a wonderful thing because it's generated bajillions of dollars for breast cancer research. And I'm all for that, but let's put it in perspective. And like I'm telling you, you can have your cake and eat it too, because the science now proves without a doubt that taking estrogen after menopause does not increase the risk of breast cancer, does not increase the risk of breast cancer. Isn't that amazing? We can still get breast cancer. It happens. But the great majority of women who get breast cancer never took hormones And the great majority of women who take hormones never get breast cancer. So we're going to break this down and I'm going to talk about breast cancer a little bit first. So think about this. The incidence of breast cancer goes up as we get older. Now, assuming we're not taking hormones, our estrogen levels decline as we get older. So scientifically speaking, when two things are related to each other, one would expect that as our estrogen levels went down, our breast cancer risk would go down. And in fact, that doesn't happen, right? Makes sense. Our breast cancer risk goes up as we get older because cancer is mostly a function of immune system declining genetics, other things unrelated to estrogen. Now, just because most breast cancers have estrogen receptors on the cancer cells doesn't mean that those are the ones that are responsible for the tumor spreading. They're not. Actually, estrogen receptor positive cancers are the least concerning as far as metastasizing and causing death. And none of the studies, even the few that showed an increased risk in breast cancer, which have since been looked at and disreputed, did not show an increased risk of death. So another interesting thing is that back in the day, uh, it used to be thought that we should take out women's ovaries if they were still menstruating, if they were not menopausal to reduce the risk of breast cancer. So if a young woman got breast cancer, taking out the ovaries and dropping her estrogen should reduce the risk of her cancer recurring, right? Well, it doesn't. (laughs) So we've stopped doing that because we realized that dropping the estrogen level of a young woman with breast cancer made no difference to her breast cancer recurrence. Another interesting thing is when women get pregnant, After or even during their breast cancer treatment, they do not have an increased risk of death or cancer recurrence, and they have a hugely increased surge of estrogen during pregnancy. So nowadays, women who've had breast cancer are considered safe to get pregnant. So why on earth would that be the case if estrogen caused breast cancer? So there's so many more facts, but those are some of the ones that I think are the most fascinating. Pretty interesting, isn't it? If breast cancer is caused by estrogen, Why on earth would cancer risk go up when we get older? Not to mention, lots of people have studied this. Over 100 studies have looked at breast cancer risk and estrogen, and 80% of them or more have shown that there's no association between breast cancer risk or recurrence with postmenopausal estrogen. A few isolated studies have shown a decreased risk in breast cancer including the Women's Health Initiative study, which I'll come back to later, actually showed a decreased risk in breast cancer, which did not make the front page of the news. There have been a few isolated studies that suggested that breast cancer risk was increased, but when you're looking at medical science, there's always going to be a few outliers, and you have to look at what the general case of things shows. And overwhelmingly, studies, big studies done in all different countries, 
looking at thousands of women who've taken estrogen for more than 20 years in some cases, showed no increased risk in breast cancer. So we just have to put that one to bed. And if you want to read about all these studies or look up all the facts that I'm talking about, they're all in this book. Get it, read it. It's amazing. So if you want some ammunition for yourself or your friends or even your doctors who is still telling you that breast cancer is caused by estrogen or taking estrogen increases your risk of breast cancer, it doesn't. Um, this book is pure science. It outlines lots and lots of studies that you can use to educate yourself and your friends about that. So let's just put that one to rest. You can take estrogen. It's not going to increase your risk of breast cancer. Now, you might get breast cancer because that happens, but they're not related. Just because two things happen at the same time doesn't mean that one caused the other. So that one we can put to bed. The other one that a lot of us worry about, because it was also published back in 2002, just almost 20 years ago now, it was in summer of 2002, that the Women's Health Initiative study suggested that taking hormones might increase the risk of breast cancer. So we all got upset about that. The other thing that was suggested is it might increase the risk of blood clot, heart disease, and stroke. And that was really curious because for many years prior to 2002, myself and other doctors had been taught that estrogen was great for heart health, that it actually reduced the risk of heart attack. And in fact, it does. It does reduce the risk of heart attack. It is good for heart health. The problem was that the Women's Health Initiative study took all comers. The average age woman in that study was 63. They had women who were obese, smokers, high blood pressure, previous heart attack, all kinds of women that are not necessarily you. So they were not talking about women who are 45 to 55 who start taking estrogen right at the onset of menopause. That's a totally different question. So it's comparing apples to oranges. What may be true and we're still not sure about this, is that it is best to take estrogen immediately after menopause or at least start it within the first 10 years. Because if we start it more than 10 years after menopause, our arteries have already had a chance to get older. It's just a function of age. Our arteries get stiffer. They start developing plaques inside. Ultimately, that can lead to a heart attack because they get clogged and our heart doesn't get enough blood flow. Now, if we start estrogen younger, like right around the time of menopause, or at least within the first 10 years, most of that hasn't happened yet. So we often hear about this 10-year estrogen window, that we have to start estrogen within 10 years. Well, not exactly. <laughs> There's really no black and white, but it is true that the sooner you start it, the better. So ideally, we would start on estrogen right at the onset of menopause, or at the very least, within the first five to 10 years. That's true. Now, if you started it later, and you were already obese, you were a smoker and had previous heart disease, it could increase your risk of a heart attack. Possibly, that's not really known for sure yet, but if you wanna play the devil's advocate, that is the worst case scenario. So in my practice, if a woman is, say 62, hasn't taken estrogen before, but she's still having lots of symptoms, maybe vaginal dryness, hot flashes, uh, she wants to slow down the progress of her bone loss, slow down the progress of Alzheimer's, the other benefits that we've talked about. I'm not going to tell her you can't take it because menopause was 10 and a half years ago. That's just not how the world works. You know, we've got to look at things with an open mind and look at, you know, what's the kernel of truth in here? What I will tell that patient is let's take a look at your heart health. If you've got a healthy heart, you know, we'll do a lipid panel, go to a cardiologist, 
then your risk is minimal at start on estrogen. Now, if you're an obese smoker and you've already got heart disease and you've got a stent in your heart and some other things, probably best not to take estrogen. It would have been great to start it earlier. But the problem is that doctors and patients alike get into this black and white situation where they say, oh, you cannot take estrogen because you went through menopause 10 years ago. That's baloney. That's based on a population study. It's not based on an individual. We've got to look at the individual and what the risks are to that particular person. What we do know for absolute certainty, sure, 100% take it to the bank, is that if we start estrogen early on in the first few years after menopause or even immediately, if you're so lucky, you'll reduce your risk of heart disease dramatically. You'll reduce your risk of heart attack, high blood pressure, diabetes, stroke if you start it earlier because it keeps our blood vessels healthier. Now, there's one little thing that, that may be true. We see this with oral estrogen, even in young women taking birth control pills, that they can increase the risk of blood clotting. Now, by that, I don't mean like, you know, menstrual bleeding, blood clotting, but by getting a blood clot in your leg, usually in one of the deep veins of your lower leg, and it can travel to your lungs. And that's a terrible thing called a pulmonary embolism that nobody wants because it can cause you to die. So young women taking birth control pills occasionally have a pulmonary emboli, which is a terrible disaster. We don't want that. So we know that estrogen given by mouth can cause that to happen. Now, an interesting thing was that after the Women's Health Initiative, which did use estrogen orally, and it showed a teeny, tiny, minuscule increase in blood clot we're not even really sure if it's statistically significant and it only applied to a small group of women. But if we play the devil's advocate, let's just say we believe that's true. When we look at transdermal estrogen or estrogen that doesn't go through the stomach and the liver, that risk goes away. So there's a very big study published in the British Medical Journal in 2017 that looked at all of the different delivery methods of estrogen. And long story short, if you take it by mouth, there's a teeny tiny increased risk in blood clot. If you don't take it by mouth, that risk goes away. So hopefully that makes sense. It doesn't mean you cannot take your estrogen by mouth if you're taking Premarin. I just wish, wish you'd stop because it hurts animals, but otherwise it does work really well. It's made from pregnant mare's urine and it's not very nice the way they get it, but it does work well. So if you don't care about torturing horses, you can take it, but of course, most of us do. So if you're taking Premarin, you know, please take something else. Just be nice to animals. Or if you're taking estradiol by mouth, your risk is minuscule of blood clot. So it's not a big deal. You have to stop it tomorrow. But because there are other options, I recommend that our patients switch to a cream, a pellet, a patch, whatever your favorite uh, flavor is. Just don't put it through your stomach and your liver. And then that goes away. So we can put to rest the concern about breast cancer and the concern about blood clot, heart disease, stroke. So put that over there. So now we're not worried about the risks. Let's talk about the benefits because these are where we get really excited. You know, I already mentioned women who take hormone replacement, which is either estrogen alone, if you don't have a uterus and that's something that you choose to do, or estrogen plus progesterone. We give progesterone to prevent uterine cancer. It also helps sleep and moods and all the other stuff that I've talked about. But women who take either estrogen replacement or hormone replacement, which is also estrogen and progesterone together, live an average of three and a half years longer. That's just cool by itself, isn't it? And mostly due to the reduction in three big things. 
heart disease. That's the biggest killer of men and women. Osteoporosis, which we already talked about, 25% of people who have a hip fracture, if they're over 70, die within the first year. And Alzheimer's disease, which is just a financial and emotional disaster for everybody involved, including the patient and their family. So if we could reduce the risk of those three things, and we can, wouldn't that be something that everybody would want to do? Well, I do. (laughs) And we can do that by taking estrogen. So let's look at those one at a time. Uh, So osteoporosis is really interesting. And um, I'll tell you what, we did not learn about this in medical school, but osteoporosis, as most of us know, is a weakening of our bones that happens as we get older. Our bones reach their maximum strength at about age 30. They stay fairly stable. And then right around the time of menopause, they start to decline if we're not taking estrogen. And weaken so that when we fall, our bones will break. The biggest bones that we worry about are the hips in particular, because they obviously keep us up, allow us to be mobile. If we have a hip fracture, like I said, it can lead to death. And vertebral fractures or spinal fractures, which are tiny little fractures that cause us to shrink. And that's not such a big deal, I suppose, except it does reduce mobility, causes a lot of pain. In severe cases, when we get what's called a dowager's hump, the little old ladies walking around like this because their spine is collapsed, a whole bunch of different problems can occur uh, once we lose mobility and, and we're just losing our quality of life. So bones have a very thick, hard outside made of calcium. Might sound obvious. And then the inside is a different type of a structure that's more flexible, kind of like if you're building a building. It's got the inner core that allows it to flex with the wind, and then the outside is very stable. So osteoporosis is not so much a disease of losing the outside stiff calcium. It's more of a disease of losing the flexibility of bone. When I was a kid, I fell on my arm and I broke my arm and I had what was called a uh, green stick fracture. Like if you break a green stick, it just is bendy because uh, I was 10 and my bones were bendy and I just went skiing and saw a bunch of kids fall down the mountain and their bones didn't break because they've got a lot of flexibility. Now, if that happened to me, I would have been uh, in the life flight with a bunch of broken bones because my bones are not so flexible. And we all know that to some extent. But if you think about that process, what we want to do is maintain our bone flexibility with age. So that is why it has been shown over the past 10 years or so that the old idea of taking a bunch of calcium has done absolutely nothing to reduce the risk of hip fracture. It does not prevent fracture. It makes the outside of our bone more uh, dense and strong. So it may improve your results on a bone density test, but it won't prevent your bones from breaking. So we know now that taking calcium is useless. Don't do it. If you're taking calcium pills, you can throw them away. Thank goodness, because they're huge and they don't do anything except cause kidney stones. But we do want to improve bone flexibility. And one of the only things that has ever been shown to do that is estrogen. Time and time again, in every study ever done, estrogen has been shown to reduce the risk of fracture. So that's what we're all interested in, right? Reducing the risk of fracture. And estrogen does that. In fact, testosterone does that really well too, partly because some of it's converted into estrogen. And that's just a side note. So estrogen reduces the risk of the significant fractures like hip fractures and therefore improves quality of life, live longer, all the good things that we want, right? So let's take estrogen to protect our bones. There's all these yucky bone builder drugs some of you might be taking. The biggest class are called bisphosphonates, drugs like 
Balsam X, for example, a whole bunch of other brand names. They do make your bone density higher on a bone density test because they make the outside of the bone uh, highly calcified, but they've actually been shown to increase the risk of certain atypical fractures after five years of use, and they have no effect on hip fracture. Awful side effects also, so please don't take those. So some people say, well, I don't want to take estrogen. I'll just take Fosamax. Not a good idea. Don't do that. Please take estrogen. So talked about hip fracture. That's huge. Let's talk about heart disease. Probably should have put that one first because that is the biggest killer of men and women. Like I said, seven times more likely to die from heart disease than breast cancer, but most of us don't think too much about that. When we take estrogen, especially in that initial 10-year window, but sometimes you can even take it afterwards. It depends on the person. We have to look at you as an individual. Keeps your blood vessels nice and supple, prevents plaques building up, actually improves your lipid profile, improves cholesterol, lots of benefits. If we can reduce the risk of heart disease, we'll save lives, we'll add years to your life, we'll save bajillions of dollars. It's a really good idea. So we take it for that reason too. Now, that's a huge one. And Alzheimer's, I personally, uh, many of us have family members with Alzheimer's. My grandmother spent 10 years in a state of not even recognizing her family before she died in her mid-90s with Alzheimer's, which we know is a common form of dementia. My mother's developing an early stage of the same thing. It's a terrible disease. And people have looked at every kind of thing in the world that keeps our brain healthy as we age, from exercise to mental exercises like crossword puzzles to every kind of Chinese herb and medicine known to man, not one single thing has ever been shown to decrease the risk of Alzheimer's other than estrogen. And estrogen has been shown to decrease the risk of Alzheimer's in countless studies. It's indisputable that this is true. Now, there's also a little 10-year window caveat on that one as well. It seems that we have to start it early because just like the way our blood vessels get old during that 10 years that we're not taking estrogen, our brains start getting old too. So we want to prevent it. We, we can't cure it. Unfortunately, if we've already got dementia, taking estrogen doesn't help. But the sooner we start it, the better. So again, it's not a situation where I'm going to say, well, you're 64, you've been in menopause for 12 years, so we're not going to give you estrogen because you've been in menopause more than 10 years. It's simply that it's best to take it in the first 10 years. In fact, it's best to take it in the first month if you can't. You know, it's kind of like saving for retirement. The sooner you start, the better. It's not that starting later is a bad idea. It's just that the sooner you start, the better, because the benefits are going to compound and you're not going to get yourself into trouble in the meantime. So start estrogen early. And if you didn't know this already, or you were just brainwashed by the nonsense that's been going around for the past 20 years, and you haven't taken estrogen and you are in your mid sixties, it doesn't mean you can't take it. It just means we need to really closely look and see if you do have any underlying heart disease or dementia it's probably not going to help. And that's too bad and really sad and why I get infuriated about that study that put so many women at risk. So Alzheimer's, take it for that reason. Also do exercise, do your mental exercises, do your crosswords, all of those things. But none of those things have been shown independently to reduce the risk of Alzheimer's disease, but estrogen has. So if we can decrease the risk of those three big yuckies, really big, bad yuckies, heart disease, osteoporosis, Alzheimer's disease, and at the same time, 
not increase our risk of breast cancer, which we've already evaluated, asked, answered a hundred times, that is true. And at the same time, decrease your risk of colon cancer. I didn't mention that one, but we've known that one for years. Why wouldn't we do it? And I don't know the answer to that question, except that we've been scared. We've been scared by misinformation and we need to educate ourselves. There's a lot of ways to do that. This is probably the best way right here. <laughs> I can't say enough about this book. And I know 99% of gynecologists haven't read it, uh, which is really sad, but this is not propaganda. It wasn't written by Suzanne Summers, although her material is pretty good too in retrospect. It's a, it's a conglomeration of all of the studies that have been done on hormones. It looks at both sides and proves without a doubt that estrogen is safe for almost everybody. Very, very few exceptions. I'm going to talk about one of those. And one of them, you might be thinking, well, I have had breast cancer, so I can't take estrogen. Well, even that's not true. There are lots of studies Lots and lots of studies now showing that breast cancer patients can safely take estrogen and that it does not increase the risk of breast cancer recurrence. That is an old idea. Over the next 10 or 20 years, it's going to phase into our understanding that even breast cancer patients can take estrogen. Problem is a lot of oncologists won't let you do it because they've lived in this world for so long where they thought it was a terrible thing. But believe it or not, estrogen's actually been used in some treatment protocols for breast cancer, and so is testosterone. So many women now uh, with educated oncologists, and this book was actually written by an oncologist, are being given the ability to choose to take estrogen if they want to for all of those incredible quality of life benefits and, and true health benefits. Now, I haven't talked about some of the softer side effects of not taking estrogen, like vaginal dryness, sexual dysfunction, dry skin, fine lines and wrinkles. Those matter a lot. And I work in the world of sexuality, so sexual function is huge. But I'm really sticking on focusing on the big measurable diseases that are going to allow us to live longer and have healthier lives. But one of the things that breast cancer patients struggle with the most is loss of sexual function. Uh, you know, they have dryness and pain with intercourse, lose their sexual desire, I mean, that really affects our relationships. So, you know, we're being asked to celebrate because we're cancer free, but we feel like crap. So you don't have to. You can take estrogen in most cases. And we can talk to your oncologist about it. We can even recommend this book for them to read. And then there are other non-hormonal things that we can do for vaginal dryness that we've talked about here a lot as well. But bottom line, estrogen is good, safe for almost everybody. Lots and lots of myths about how long I can take it. I can't take it over a certain age. All of those came from this very unfortunate study called the Women's Health Initiative that has been criticized rightly for many, many reasons uh, for the way that it was misreported in many different ways. And they used what's called data mining to try to extract data that wasn't really relevant and lots of other things. But as a result, many of us have been scared out of taking our hormones and we don't have to be. We don't have to be. We can live happy, full, long, healthy lives and benefit from estrogen, even if we've had breast cancer, even if our sister had breast cancer, even if we have a genetic predisposition to breast cancer. None of those things are actually true. So go get this book, give it a read. Uh, you can reach me at completemidlifewellnesscenter.com. Be happy to see you or talk to you about that if that's something that you want to do. And if you're more than 10 years past menopause, don't let anyone tell you that you cannot take hormones. It's not true. 
It's just that we need to evaluate because you certainly may lose some of the potential benefits. If you have not gone through menopause yet, or you've only been in menopause for a couple of years, great. We'll start you on it. And the science supports taking it through end of life. There's no time that you have to stop it. In fact, if you stop it, all those health benefits will go away. Your risk of heart disease will go back to baseline. Your risk of Alzheimer's will go back to baseline. Your bones will start to deteriorate. So for goodness sake, don't stop it. We want you to stay on it throughout your life. Now there's a 10-year window that's optimal, that's for sure, but doesn't mean that you can't take it if you have been through menopause 10 years or more. We just have to look and make sure that it's safe for you because you are not a population. You're an individual and you need to be looked at that way. So I hope you learned a little something about estrogen take it myself. I'll be taking it through end of life. Um, if you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe, send it to your friends, share it around, buy this book. I'm not getting any commission for selling this book, but it's just a great book. And if you have any questions about estrogen, I guarantee they're answered in here. Your doctor probably doesn't know them. That's okay. You're going to have to advocate for yourself. And I can't wait to answer any questions that you might have about that. And I will see you next week. Go get on your estrogen, ladies. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.